Welcome to another edition of Easy Jazz Spotlight. Today, the spotlight is on a unique jazz singer and songwriter who made it to the top of the charts in Japan, has a growing list of award-winning albums, and performs all over the world, even singing in different languages. In this interview with host Ken Boyd, Haley Lauren, who came from a small town in Alaska to shake up the jazz world, explains what she loves about performing in Japan and why she feels jazz is so popular there. Now, here's Ken. Haley Lauren is an international award-winning jazz singer-songwriter raised in Alaska. Your home base is still in Oregon, is that correct? It is, yeah. Which at which town? I'm just curious. I live in Eugene, University of Oregon. Sports yeah. fans, I guess, know us from the Ducks. Uh, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> I've gone through there many times on my way to California, on my way to Reno, Eugene, Oregon. Good for you. Welcome to the Jazz yeah. Spotlight, Haley. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here. So, my first question for you today is: What inspired you to start playing and making music? Like, what what inspired you to do all this? That's a good question. It's a hard question to uh, tell you exactly where the origin is, but um, I just know that I always loved singing when I was little. Uh, I don't. I did not come from a musical family. Um, I just sort of emerged singing. Um, it was always <laughs> my thing, and um, uh, you know, I just I, I fell in love with music from the earliest I can remember. My my parents, especially my mom, had uh, a very ex- extensive album collection when I was growing up uh, of in rural kind of Alaska. Music? Of what kind of music? <laughs> um, it ranged a lot, so um, a, a lot of jazz, uh, as well as like blues and classic country and folk. And my dad liked classic rock, so I heard a smattering of that. Um, my sister liked a lot of pop music of the time. So I got a really nice eclectic blend of music, uh, you know, coming yeah. through my ears and at my mouth yeah. <laughs> for yeah. most of my life. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you, you were raised in Alaska. Yes. Did you start singing on stage there before you got to Oregon or no? I did limited, but yes, my first performing experiences were in Alaska in the the town that I grew up for most of my childhood in, which was Sitka, Alaska, which is on an island in the southeast region of the state. And um, uh, yeah, I, I attended a fine arts camp called Sitka Fine Arts Camp for two years in a row when I was 10 and 11 years old. Wow. And those are my, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's kind of when I got got the jazz performance bug actually because um i got to perform at the live jazz trio for as a featured performer which was kind of a big big thing for me um i i'd never done that before and i was so young um but uh performing with that trio was really influential because i it scared me a lot but i i guess i realize now that um, you know, the excitement and um, kind of the connection to the music that I felt and the the, the buzz of that uh, over, you know, it overweighed or overwhelmed the, the the stage fright that I felt. And that sort of was enough to push me forward into wanting to keep pursuing that and doing that. So, Good yeah, I did a little bit of that. And then I moved to Oregon and that's when I really started performing all the time. Yeah. So. And you, uh, I was going to ask you that question, Haley. What is it about the music that makes you feel so passionate? 
Like, <sighs> I love, by the way, listening to your tunes. I love your style. You got your own unique way of doing things. I like that. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that always, that I always feel passionate about the most with music is mm, connecting to the authentic story of the song, whether it's something I've actually experienced verbatim, you know, whether it's something that I literally have experienced being there, you know, especially if it's a song that somebody else has written, um, there's an emotional center to it that I feel always uh, connected to, or at least that is the, that is the goal. If I'm not feeling connected to it, I have to figure out why. Um, but that, you know, that, that sort of coming, coming to an essential truth through many viewpoints of stories uh, of just being human that is expressed uniquely through music. That is really what charges me up the most with performing yeah recording, writing songs, all of the above. Uh, let's talk about writing. How does that, uh, you get up in the morning and something comes to mind or is it an emotional experience or you associate it to some of the story or listening to somebody else tell a story and you go, oh, you know, how do you, yeah. how do you start your, your, your songwriting process or what's that, how's that for you? How does that feel for you? It must feel cool, actually. It does feel it does feel cool when it when especially when it feels like it's sort of coming from somewhere outside of my conscious brain. I love those moments because I'm like, wow, magic. that magic. feels like magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but really, every song is a little different. Uh, I have I have written songs that come from all of the places you just described. Um, and sometimes, you know, it takes five minutes for a song to essentially kind of come through as it is and other times it takes years oh. there are songs that i worked on for for years and i maybe even thought oh i'm never going to come back to this it's never going to get finished and then you know five years later i'm like oh i just had a thought and the song sort of reemerges and and has wow, wrapped itself up that's i know it's strange right <laughs> yeah. yeah well it's it's more just obsession than discipline honestly but uh yeah i'm i'm not i don't have like a super disciplined songwriting practice i know some people really do and i really admire that but I, for me it, it's it's very inspiration based um and there have been feast and famine times for sure the only exception to that is when i'm working on a project and i'm under the pressure of of sort of self-imposed deadlines um, which, you know, doesn't, doesn't happen with every project that's for sure. But, but, um, it really lights a fire under me and kind of makes me uh, start dwelling a lot more on, on the songs that are sort of in my brain. And it feels a little more like, okay, let's, let's really do this. Let's focus in. But, um, you know, that's not my everyday. Uh, what is your routine? Most like? of the time. Do you have a creative routine or no? Um, I mean, my routine, <laughs> it changes a lot because, being a professional performer and recording artist, there's a lot of variability in what I, what I do. There's no set schedule for the the average day because there's not a lot of averageness in my days, um, especially pre-COVID. But it's because it's coming back more and more of just like being on the road for part of the year. That really throws everything completely up into the air um, because life is never the same on the road as it is when you're not. Um, and also the same goes for when I'm in the middle of a recording project. Life is not at all the same when I'm in the middle of a recording project as it is when I'm not. So it just really ra ranges. It depends on the phase that I'm in. Um, but uh, each of those phases has its own rhythm 
that I sort of just have to shift into every time I enter that phase. So (laughs) there's a lot of, there's a lot of different versions of my life that I kind of have to juggle. Yeah. And you've been on the road a lot. I know you did, uh, well, obviously you've done uh, North America, but you also done Asia, you've done Europe. What was that like Mm -hmm. for you? That must've been exciting. Yeah, it it is. I love to travel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The, the, The jet lag is no joke. Um, and it's been a while since, you know, since I've been able to tour as much as I as internationally across oceans, as much as right. I was back in 20, before 2020. But um, is that coming back have, now more though? Uh, People are traveling and touring more. We're getting back to that, whatever normal was. Yes. Some, somewhat. Although, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's taking a, its time in terms of, things sort of resorting themselves because there was so much that just had to completely stop and then get reshuffled I know, I uh, know. later on and later on and later on. And so many like, yeah. like issues of cancellations and there, there's still some chaos involved with the performing arts world. And I know that there've been a lot of articles written about this and interviews and such yeah. It's I'm not the only source for talking about this, but it, it it's, it's coming back, but it's a little more, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a little yeah. more challenging to predict where it's going to be, yeah. you know, um, than a lot of businesses. But um, but as far as, as as touring, yeah, I've toured to Asia, Japan and Korea, Hong Kong and Taiwan and I've been to China and all Tell kinds of places. Tell us an exciting um, travel story, Haley. Tell us a, one experience you had traveling, the real cool, great story that you were a great memory for you. Do you have anything come, anything come to mind? <laughs> You have so many. Um, you know, I, one of my fa- one of my favorites, just as far as 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 the travel aspect of it, and not so not even the performing aspect of it, was the opportunity to per- perform in Egypt uh, wow. at a jazz festival in, in two different cities, including Cairo, uh, where I got to go and uh, see the pyramids, the Great Pyramids uh, of Giza, and then in the same twenty four hour period. On my way back to the States, I got to route through Paris and was there long enough to go into the city at 7 a.m. Uh, between flights and see the the pyramid, the glass pyramid at the Louvre. And wow. so it felt kind of like an accomplishment, a travel ch- checking the box. <laughs> pyramids, pyramids on two different continents. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> in the same 24-hour period. I think that I've, was pretty fun. I've done but, them both, but in different trips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not on the same trip yeah right that was kind of trippy but um you know I, i've had a lot of amazing like really blessed experiences it's so hard to hone in on just one but you know every time i um i played probably out of out of all of the cities uh not on the north american continent the the city i played in the most is maybe tokyo japan and yes. um returning there uh, you know every time feels like such an honor and such a treat because not only i love love the city and love the people but um the way that live music is 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 treated as this like delicacy this this amazing this experience that's supported by you know the venue like the cotton club which i returned to again and again mm-hmm. in tokyo um and the, everybody who works you know uh within the club and within promotions and all they they everybody treats music so incredibly like such an incredibly valuable experience and as a musician you're like wow this is pretty amazing that i get to be yeah. part of this 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 experience where everybody feels like they're really pulling for this to be like the absolute best and yeah I you recorded that. live at the cotton club in there in 2015 right when you're on tour in japan yeah yeah cool. yeah yeah i did 
Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, yeah, I got a question for you. I don't, know, I don't know if you can answer this <laughs> or not, but it's interesting that certain countries gravitate towards certain music. Like um, country music is big in Germany. So not only, hmm. you know, South America, you know, America, but in Germany, country music's huge. You know, you could be a anybody, even anybody goes over there, country artists, and they spend a summer touring in Germany because the crowd just goes crazy over country. And do you want, wonder why it's, what what is jazz with uh, in Asia? What is that connection, do you think? Jazz music in Asia, in Japan? What do you think it is? Yeah, I think it's it's just an attention to to detail. Mm. And so much of, of, of jazz is about really listening, um, both for the performers and for the audience and noticing, um, having kind of an active conversation. And I think there's something to be said for um, the way that a lot of Japanese uh, listeners uh, respond to to music in a very like kind of active way. There's an active listening, active like critical thinking. Um, it just, I don't know. I think, I think actually there's a lot of music education that still happens in Japan from what I understand. Um, and you know, that helps with uh, music appreciation. Um, that is a lovely thing to, to encounter as a musician who's really paying attention to, to your own craft, you know, to have other people really notice all those details. And that doesn't happen to the same degree anywhere else that I've ever been. And I, it always takes me back in a really lovely way. I'm like, wow, can't believe you noticed that. That's for pretty you. amazing. I barely noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> Haley, what is up with all the languages too? I mean, you got Spanish and French and Portuguese <laughs> and Italian and Japanese and Korean, as well as your native English. Like, did you learn to sing in those languages or learn the language first and then like how did that like how cool <gasps> are you woman really uh i don't know how cool i am i mean you'd have to ask my mom but um <laughs> uh but i you know i just love languages i i i i don't i don't pretend to be fluent in um, really any of them per se um and uh, you know i uh, to varying degrees have learned different aspects or have been able to understand and speak um, in several of those languages to varying degrees of success. Uh, but uh, I'd say Spanish is probably the one that I know the most. Um, but, uh, you know, as in terms of just taking on multilingual songs, I just love languages. I love I love um, being able to sing in them, even if I say it sounds a little like a broken version of those languages to a native speaker. Um, I, I love the sonic quality of just uh, of of those songs in their original tongue. And um, I just always try to do it justice. I don't know if I always succeed. You'd have to ask somebody who actually, you know, speaks the languages that I'm singing in. But um, but I just love languages. I love the musicality of them. I love being able to to um, kind of experiment with the different ways that it cr creates, you know, the shape of vowels. And um, mm -hmm. sometimes even note choices tend to change depending on the languages and the rhythms for sure of the way that I'm singing really changes depending on the language. I just enjoy it as, as sort of using my voice as an instrument kind of um, it, just in that respect, it's it's that's its own reward for me. Well, I think it's fantastic and it's true talent. I mean, truly. Oh, thank right? you. Yeah. So here's a question you're going to have to ponder. You're one of those moments of pondering, I think, maybe or not. Uh, describe your favorite and least favorite part about being a performer. 
Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm trying to think out of how honest should I be here? Um, <laughs> I I would say okay. Let's let's start with my let's start with my favorite. My favorite part of being a performer is the the electric feeling of being able to sing a song like it's new each time on a stage. That's one of my favorite things about, especially being a jazz performer. Um, how you like the parable goes you you don't you don't or not parable but the saying goes you you the man a man never steps in the same river twice right or woman whoever um it's the same with music and especially with jazz like the intention is never to do it the same way twice it's always reinventing itself um in the act of doing it and so i love that it feels like play it feels like creation um and it, it makes me feel the most free I think I ever get to feel in my life. Um, and that's pretty darn addictive. I have to say, I, I love doing that. I love that aspect of it. I'd say the hardest part, um, is that <laughs> as much as I love being, you know, love being on, um, in new places, traveling is hard. <laughs> Must be, right? So the getting there, the getting there is really hard and it's, and it's, and it's, um, you know, kind of get, seems like it's getting harder as we go, um, you just with canceled flights and lost baggage and all the things just seem like they kind of get more and more, but, um, the stress of the stress of travel can sometimes be a, a, a challenge and, um, and, if 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 they invent a teleporting machine for <laughs> touring artists, that would be quite a, quite a nice treat. So please, uh, someone get on that because I would uh, really love to not have jet lag, and uh, I would love to be able to arrive with the same dresses that I packed. <laughs> exactly, and you know what? You've had uh, you've had some really really uh, big accomplishments too in your young life, including your video Noah, the second single from your 2018 album from the Wild Sky album. It won an Emmy in 2000. 19 for best music video congratulations to that thank that you so much thank good. you that must have felt great huh yeah it was a, an amazing experience i i can take so little credit for for it in terms of uh, the production of it because so much of it was um was the incredible production and, and director um it, everybody it was a big group effort for sure um but yeah. yeah that song really is a special one to me um it meant a lot that that was the one that they felt inspired to collaborate with me on and um i just i, I love it it's very very different from a lot of the more jazz focused um releases that i've done that whole album is an original uh, yeah. almost all original music um and more from sort of a pop singer songwriter perspective than than jazz but um but that song really good just always you. pulls my heartstrings. Yeah, so. good for you. Um, what is your favorite non-jazz tune? Do you have a favorite? <laughs> I I don't pick favorites. It's like picking a favorite kid, you know. Um, <laughs> good point. Very good point. I mean, I honestly, I I don't really. I don't. I've sung so many thousands of songs in my life, and um, and each one that feels like it's it's the truest to me at the moment it has to do more with me than the song and uh, where i'm at so I, I don't 
you know, I just, I don't ever choose a real favorite because I don't honestly have one. It just depends. Like if I'm in a certain state of mind, something, something specific just happened to me and that song happens to feel like it's right on the money at that moment. That's my favorite song right then. Good for you. I'm a mercurial. I'm a mercurial listener. <laughs> um, so your new material, you were in Montreal, you recorded it there. Yes, Tell I me did. About it. Tell I'm us so excited about it. you brought that up. Yeah, um, it's going to I, I we don't have an official release date uh, named yet, but it will likely be in fall of 2023. Um, and I am so excited about it i am just now going over some of the early mixes and kind of going through that process um yeah it's a it it there's there's some some songs that are from jazz tradition and quite a few that are from a little bit of left field that um i just you know we we kind of put a our own spin on it uh, a couple original songs too i was gonna um, ask you that so and- you wrote a couple yourself <laughs> Always, always. Yeah, There's always original you. music on good on every you. everything I release. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm excited because I get I got to collaborate with um, some of my favorite musicians in the whole world that I'd never been able to to make a project with before. Um, that are all based in Montreal on and all connected to my my distribution label there, Just in Time Records. Um, we're all kind of label mates, which is pretty cool too. Um, so Tori Butler is on piano, Morgan Moore is on bass, uh, Jim Doxis plays drum on several tracks, and uh, Sam Kermeyer, who I had never worked with before. He was he was the only person who we hadn't collaborated before with uh, with before in the past. Uh, he's a guitar player and he's wonderful and uh, has cool. his own music that's coming out. So, so yeah, was, it's, it was just great. Then. That's what's next <laughs> for Haley Lauren then, uh, getting that all together yeah. and releasing the album in the fall, do you think? Yeah, that's a big, big undertaking always. And it's going to be my first one in quite a long time. Um, but I'm I'm really excited to release some new new stuff out there into the world. And of course, I'm, you know, playing shows between now and then uh, I'm continuing to perform. But um, but yeah, that's the next big push is uh, getting that music, birthing that music into the world. All the efforts you. that that takes. So, well, I want to yeah. thank you thank so you. much. I know you're busy, and I really know you're you're, you're you know you take the time to see us today, and I really want to thank you for that because I know you know time's important, right? So, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. I'm so I'm so honored to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. It means a lot, and thank you for all the kind words. It really really uh, boosts my confidence for <laughs> this Friday. Good luck in all you do. <laughs> Thanks for being on the spotlight today, Haley Lauren. This has been another edition of Easy Jazz Spotlight. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive updates on future shows.